So today I get a talk, and, and Jeff was like, well, what do, what do you want to preach on and stuff? And, and I've been debating a lot on what I'm going to speak on today. Um, with the words that Jeff presented with us that he felt like he was getting for 2016, grow and go, this verse just kind of fell into play. Before we go there, I want to tell you a little bit more about me and my past. Now, some of you guys might look at me and be like, okay, yeah, he's handsome, but running probably isn't his big thing. In fact, I was asked this last week, if you were to run, what animal would you run like? A rabbit, a cheetah, or what? My answer was a bear. You know, it's, they don't really run, you know, they, they, they kind of like raw ramble back. I always think back to the Lord of the Rings when they were talking and Gimli was talking. He's like, dwarves, long distances wasted on dwarves were great in short distances, but long distances were dead for. But when I was in high school, I was on the track team and we had a lot of fun. And now let me preface this by saying the only reason we we were on the track team for two reasons. One was to stay in shape for football. And two, because it was one of the only co-ed sports that that was available. So, you know, so, you know, we, we all got together. Well, I was a thrower and I was actually in, in high school I, I, and I'm deceptively fast and people don't don't believe that about me. But I actually am deceptively fast in short distances. But um, in fact, in football, I was the fastest lineman. So I was actually one of the kickoff return people. And I actually have two kickoff returns stats in high school, which was kind of funny. But I got told I looked like a turtle or a bear running down the field. But, but I was a thrower, but I was fast. And there was one track meet, and I remember it because we had what we called the, the it was labeled the fat man's relay. Although I was by far the heaviest person that we had. And I, at that point, I wasn't actually that heavy. I think I was like 206 pounds at the point in time. And so, you know, we're, we're lining up. And so it was me. And it was our quarterback who rushed for over a thousand, who rushed for over a thousand yards that year in high school football. And it was our running back who also rushed for over a thousand years that year in football. Two of the fastest guys I've ever known in my life. And then another guy who was equally as fast. And we were all throwers. And we're out there and we're lining up and we're looking beside us. And it's all the, the typical thrower type personality, the overweight, the, the people that are just out there for the brute strength not for speed in track and field. And so we're looking around, and I'm like, okay. And, I, I again, I have to preface this story because I show up at the track meet, and I think I'm just throwing. They never told us that we had the, we had the runner. We had to run. And I actually, we, we all four were runners. I was actually in the four-by-one relay. I ran it sometimes. Um, so I had two different pairs of shorts. I had my track shorts that I would normally wear. If I was running, and then I had my throwing shorts, which were considerably longer and baggier, because you don't want to wear track shorts all the time. So whenever I would throw, those would be the ones I was wearing. Well, they didn't tell me I was running. And I show up, and I'm in my throwing shorts. Now, this is my throwing ritual. We would show up, and then for about two hours, we would just lay around, chew on sunflower seeds, listen to music, not do much. We'd go out. We'd throw. If we didn't like it, we'd, we'd kick the toe board so that would, we wouldn't mark, which would drive our coach nuts. But we would get upset, and then we'd get done, and we'd go back, and we'd grab like a Wendy's or a McDonald's and sit there and eat. 
that was our ritual whenever we would do this stuff. And so, you know, I get there, I got my shorts on, and we're just chilling, and, and I throw, I get done, and I'm, I'm, I got my burger in my hand. And all of a sudden, the coach comes up, and he's like, hey, are you ready to do your four-by-one? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you got a four-by-one coming up. It's the thrower's relay. And I'm like, oh, no. I look down, and I'm wearing my big baggy shorts, which don't have a drawstring on them either. And so I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. So we line up, and I was the anchor, so I was, I was the last one to run. And we, we line up, and the, the first one is the other main thrower guy, and he's fast out of the blocks. And, and so he lines up, and they, they shoot the gun, and he takes off running, and he trips. Gets himself back up, keeps running, hands the baton off to the next guy, and he's the running back, and he catches up, and he's, he's ahead of everybody at this point. Again, one of the fastest guys I've ever seen in my life. Catches up, hands the baton off to the other guy who, who proceeds to drop the baton. He's a quarterback. He's not used to taking the handoff. So he drops the baton, picks it up, takes it around the corner, hands it to me, and here I am as I'm running, and I get the baton, and I'm running, and I start to feel the shorts start to go down a little bit. So I'm, I'm holding on to my shorts in one hand, the baton in the other hand, and I'm just running. I'm like, oh, please just get me through this. I don't want to. I finished, and I stopped and turned around, and every other team hasn't even handed off to the last baton person yet. We had such a good team. And, of course, they're throwers. You know, you're not expecting world-class, state, athletic, highly anticipated people running in this thing. But it taught you something that sometimes you just got to keep through and keep going. And I love that story, A, because it's a mental image of probably me running, holding up my shorts and the baton, or, or them trying to hand it off and fumbling the baton, or even the kid, again, he fell. He was running, and he tripped and fell and got back up, and he was still in the lead. How many times has that happened to us? See, today we're going to be looking at three different examples, and I like three, of how to run the race which is set before us. You want to run it with a purpose? You want to run it with endurance, and you want to run like the wind, so that you can finish no matter what. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we have to come before you today. I ask that as we look at this race, we understand and we can start to, to know some of the pitfalls, some of the things that are going to stop us, some of the things that we personally have to do. And that you can keep directing us, keep empowering us, and Lord, keep cheering us on. Thank you for the opportunity today. In your glorious and precious name, amen. If you have a Bible, if you would turn to me, to turn with me to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And if you don't have your Bible, it's, it's up on the screen. Um, I'm using the New Living Translation. We will be jumping. I have a bunch of different translations. So don't freak out a little bit about that. I like some words better than other words. That's just who I am. But for the main crux of it, we're going to use the New Living. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. 
as we move through this, how many, and I think I've shared this, how many of you guys know that I'm dyslexic? I've shared that I, I, I have a hard time reading. So when, when I like to speak, I like to start from the backside and work our way up, just because, again, I like to finish first and then work on everything else. So I'm going to start from the backside. Because I think it's important to understand the purpose of why we're running. And that's the first point is we want to run with a purpose. And we see that in 12.2. What is our purpose? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. That is our purpose. And we're going to look at one person in particular that did that. His name was Stephen. Some of you might not know who Stephen is. That's okay. You're going to, we're, going to, we're going to get you taught up here a little bit, okay? Stephen was the first martyr in the Christian faith. He's the one that was dragged out and the first one to kill, that was killed to be a, for being a follower of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to bring us into Acts chapter 7, verse 54 and 56, and, and just listen to these words real quick. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation. And they shook their fists at him in rage. Think about that. You know, it's like I always think of Star Wars, the third one, the, the, the bad one, when Darth Vader just finds out. He's like, and like everything starts like crashing around. That's kind of what I envision here is the, the Jewish leaders are so upset of what Stephen's talking about that they're just like, ah, I can't handle this anymore. What are you guys doing? And they're shaking their fists at him. And it says, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens open." And the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. He was running with a purpose. And he knew what the purpose was. This brings me to a thought. And and I got lots of toys and props here today. I don't think I have a wardrobe change like I did last time. But instead, I brought a tackling dummy. It's funny, in all my years of coaching football, this year was the only year I used a tackling dummy. Every other year, I just set up a kid and say, you're the tackling dummy. You, you get tackled now. This year, I decided that that was mean and I shouldn't call a kid a dummy, so I, I got a tackling dummy. But as you're teaching somebody to tackle, you can use something like this. And as you're teaching them, you want to do a certain things. But point number one, when you're always teaching somebody is A, heads up, because you don't want them to get a, break their neck. But also, as you go to tackle, you don't aim at this. You're not tackling the entity, the bad. You're not tackling what's right here. Instead, if I were to come up and try and tackle this, I'm aiming for back here. I'm aiming for the end. When you're running in a race, you don't aim for the finish line. You aim beyond the finish line. Otherwise, you come up short. What's beyond our finish line? Jesus is there. And He's cheering us on. And I, You know, I, th- I think about all the videos. I think about different clips of track people that are running. And one of my all-time favorite ones is, is the Garth Brooks song, Standing Outside the Fire video, where there's this kid and he's running and his dad is upset because he didn't want him to be on the track team. And the kid's running and he trips and falls and everybody's like, oh no, and they're running out and the dad goes running out. And he's like, no, he needs to finish. And the kid gets up and the dad starts running backwards with him and he's cheering him on. And he crosses the line and he's waiting for the kid to cross. And the kid crosses and he's there for him. 
They know what the purpose is. They're, they're, they're not satisfied with just the end line. They're looking past it. Where are we looking at? Where are we looking to? How many of us look at saying, oh, I have a goal in mind. I want to reach this point. And you start getting to that point and you start slowing down. That's what happens when you don't shoot for beyond it. You start slowing down. You need to look through the end. But also you need to look at the coach. You need to understand that he's there and he's cheering you on. And not only is the coach, not only is Jesus standing there and he's cheering you on, but there's other people that are cheering you on too. Think about it. Abraham is cheering us on. Moses is cheering us on. Daniel is cheering us on. Stephen is cheering us on. And he's going, guys, guess what? If I can do it, you can do it. All you need to do is focus on the right thing and listen to what the coach is telling you. Now, as a coach, one thing I always hated the most is when the quarterback decided to audible. Now, it's one thing if it was Peyton Manning or Drew Brees or Tom Brady. It's another thing when it's an, when it's an eighth grader that can't see the field. And I'm watching the field, and I'm like, no, I called a play for a reason. Well, I didn't like that play, so I changed. No, don't change the play. There's a reason why I called that. That's because that defensive end is biting, and so we can get around him. Look to the coach. He's giving us a way to succeed, and that's what we need to focus on. And why can we trust in that? Because He loves us. It says, for the joy set before Him, did He endure the cross. And forget about the shame which it brought. What was the joy that was set before Him? It wasn't dying. It wasn't having God the Father turn His back on Him. It was seeing all of us. Knowing what He was purchasing with that price. That was the joy because He loved us. And He cares about us. That's the purpose why we run. That's why we're in this. And now we're in this race. And everybody says that we're in this race and we're following Christ and we're following God and we want to run what's good with Him and we want to show well. So now how do we do that? You have to understand your purpose. But also... You have to run with endurance. One of the things I did not do is I did not run the endurance runs. The mile, the two mile, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. That's not what I do. I had a friend of mine, and uh, her name was Leah Gattoni. And I always used to call her the Italian sausage because, you know, it was just fun to say that. And she was one of the best in the state. And you would watch her, and she would, it wasn't a full sprint. That was where I was messed up. You know, you come out and you're sprinting and then by the end of the first lap, you're about ready to die and you realize you have seven more to go. You're like, oh, my goodness gracious. But it's not the full sprint. You have to have the endurance. We're going to look at a young at a man in the Bible. He wasn't young at this point, and His name was Paul. And he ran the race with endurance. 
We see that in Philippians 1, chapter, or chapter 1, verses 21 through 24. And it says, for, for to me, living means living for Christ. And dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ. Which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. He understood that this is a race of endurance. It's not get done, get done, get fast, get fastly done, move on, and be up in heaven. Instead, it's something that we have to train for. We have to keep moving on. And that's our points that we're going to look at. Is The first is we need to prepare hard. And this is something that Paul did. He lived his life. He was preparing. And if we look over here, some of you guys know I've been on a quest of trying to lose some weight. This is my workout regimen. And part of it is eating right. You want to prepare hard. You want to eat right. You don't want to put stuff in your body that's going to cause you not to be able to perform. You want to rest. One thing I always tell my kids before the game, get a good night's sleep. You want to prepare hard. Get yourself ready. How do we do that as Christians? You work on forming a relationship with the one who loves you, the one who died for you. You work on that relationship. That way you can get to know him. You can prepare yourselves in that way. You want to prepare, you want to prepare hard, but you also want to train harder. And these guys, these two things go hand in hand because it's eating right is good. It's a, it's a good step. It's a great first step, but there's more to it. You got to prepare yourselves. There's exercise bands. There's exercise videos. And if anybody's ever done the T25, they're not fun. You're tired. You're sweating two minutes into it. I didn't think you could sweat that fast. But you're sweating two minutes into it. You start training even harder than how you were preparing because you have a purpose. God has given you that purpose and you need to start doing it. We've all been given gifts. Start working those gifts out. Start training yourself. Start understanding what's happening. It's more than just knowing. It's starting to do. Why? So that when you're called to run, you can run naturally. Because that's the key. You don't want to be straining to try and get the stuff done. You don't want to be trying hard and being like, Oh, I need to do that. You want to just be able to run and let whatever God has base for you start flowing out. Think of Paul. He prepared hard. He trained even harder. Once he met Jesus, he allowed Jesus to start training him. He allowed people that Jesus was putting in his life to start training him so that then as he went through, as he walked down the journey, as he went, he had already grown. And so now he's able to go, and as he's going, he's able to show who Christ is to everybody because Christ was flowing out of him. Where are we at? Now, I'm not saying we're Paul's by any stretch of the imagination. But why not? Why aren't we? Are we saying that Paul is a better person than all of us? No, he's human. 
We read in that verse, he struggled with stuff. He knew it was an endurance run. That he couldn't just do it. We find ourselves getting comfortable. We find ourselves not willing to do what needs to be done. Not willing to train. Not willing to prepare. I've shared one of my all-time favorite movies is Rocky. And one of the cool things about Rocky is he got up at like 4.30 every morning. He cracked, you guys have seen the, the video clip. He cracks the eggs into the cup, and then he, which is highly unsanitary, by the way. And it tastes really bad. I've done it before. But, and then he drinks the eggs, and then he goes out and he starts running. And he starts trying to catch the chickens. And he starts trying to do all this stuff. And he was training hard so that when the time came, he could just go and be himself. And everything that he had practiced, everything that he had trained, everything that he had put forth would just come out. That's what we're called to do. Run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You need to understand, you need to get to know who God is. We do that by Bible study, devotion, prayer. You've got to train yourself. That means making yourself uncomfortable. That means sharing gospel with your neighbor. That means inviting somebody to the church. That means, holy moly, heaven forbid, you go to the homeless ministry today after church. And you hand out stuff. It's a race of endurance. But once you've trained yourself up, once you know what the purpose is, then we're called to run like the wind. And I have a fun little thing here. And this made me think of it. Climbing rope. And how often we in our lives feel like it's just a climb that we can't take. We're going to look at a man that I actually like a lot and I hope this is going to work right. Someone someone call 911. That's right. Right. I know, right? So, as we're sitting here, and as we're going through life, we're called to run a race. We're called to climb. We're called to do some extra stuff. And there's a man, and this is my life verse, and I've shared this before, and I've preached on it, and I listened to it again over the last week. And it's Matthew, and it's Peter. It's in the book of Matthew, and it's Peter walking on water. And we're going to focus on just the very beginning part of it, where it says, It says, then Peter called Jesus, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus replied, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. See, we're waiting for those moments. And we think in our lives, if we're going out and we're we're going and we're growing and we're trying to move forward, we're trying to do all this stuff that... We're like, God, I'm waiting to see if it's you. Tell me it's you. Is this, is this of you? Because I want to be called to you. And so if you're going to call me to you, then I'm ready to go. 
And guess what he says? Yes. Come. He's saying, yes, it is me. Come. What are you waiting for now? He's removing all doubt. And so what we need to understand is we need to recognize our strength. We need to listen to the coach and recognize our strength because guess we've now we have the endurance, right? We have the endurance. We've trained. We're ready to move on. We're, we're ready to take our steps. And by the way, guys, you can take a step with just a little bit of training. You don't need 19 years of Bible college and then 42 years of experience. You just need to know what you know and let God work through you and take a step. You need to listen to the coach and follow where he's taking you. And that's recognizing our strength. That's what Peter said. He's like, if it's you, tell me to come because I want to go where you're leading me. And Jesus said, come. And uh, the, next, the next point is really where we're going to focus on. And it says, so Peter went over the side of the boat. He had a safety net. He had something that was, in his mind, keeping him safe. We have a rope here. And oftentimes, we harness ourselves to the rope. That's a very long rope sometimes. And it stops us from being able to move. And there's things in our life that we allow ourselves to be hindered by. Allow ourselves to be stopped up by. Things like insecurities. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm human. I'm not Paul. I'm not Peter. Definitely not Jesus. We have our past. We look at our past and we say, God can't use me. Look at everything I've done. I can't go. I can't step out. Or this is mine. My very own personal one. The fear of failure. Why do I want to step out? I'm just going to sink. Why do I want to step out? I can't do it. And so we find ourselves tethered to this thing that we think is going to keep us safe. But here's the kicker. It will keep you safe. If you never step out, not only will it keep you safe, it will keep anything from happening. That is not what we're called for. We're not called to just exist. God has called us for more. And in doing more, all of a sudden we find out that we can let go of the safety net. We can let go of the boat. 
And we can step out. And God says, run the race. But in order to do that, we need to let go of the things that are slowing us down. We're all in different stages of this race. Some of us are in the very beginning stage. We're lining up in the blocks. We're getting ready to take off. Some of us are about halfway done. Some of us are closing in on the end. Wherever you're at, God is saying, run well. Because we're cheering you on. Whether you're just starting and you need to start growing, right? Whether you're in the middle and you need to continue to grow, or whether you're at the end and you have the disillusion to think you don't have to grow anymore, when God's saying, don't ever stop growing, don't ever stop coming closer to me, don't ever stop knowing me better, you can grow. And no matter where you're at, He's saying it's time to go. If you're at the beginning, the gun's fired. He's saying it's time to move. If you're in the middle, it's time to move. And if you're at the end, He's saying don't stop. You're almost there. Keep going. When I was running, I had the shorts that I had to keep holding up. Now, I could have been a lot faster. I could have been a lot cleaner if I would have just shed the things that were holding me back. Now, I'm not ever saying do that. But the analogy works. Because the reason why we wouldn't do that is because we're ashamed. We're afraid. And we feel like we aren't good enough. The problem with those statements are we aren't. I am ashamed. I'm not good enough. But God says, look to me Focus on me, and you'll find out that He is. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just want to thank You for today. I want to thank You for the opportunity that we have to come before You. I ask that You continue to push us. You continue to allow us not to be content. But instead, You allow us to push forward and to keep moving on. Continue to guide us and direct us. In your glorious and precious name. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that a good word? That was an excellent word. i got to work with uh, Nick a little bit on getting some illustrations and having some passion. But other than that, uh, I think I'm going to be able to keep him around. What do you think? Amen. Good, good word. I always say there's a takeaway. And it's not what I think is a takeaway, it's what you think is a takeaway. So whatever Jesus is doing in your heart and life, uh, make sure you take it away. Let's stand for our closing song today. And uh, God bless you.
Hey, precious friends, run the race with purpose. Run the race with endurance. And run the race with the wind. Amen? God bless you. Thanks for coming. Hey, if you didn't see our sign out front, please take a look at it. God bless you. Have a great week. We love you. Bye-bye.